Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. Amazing people. And uh, so I just want to introduce to them the, them to you this morning. I'm going to ask Randy to come and bring Diane, introduce her. But this is Randy Thompson. I want you to give him a big hand as he comes. And, and um, let's really make him feel welcome. Praise God. Good morning. It's good to be with you all today. And... Uh, this is my lovely wife, Diane, and we are, yep, and um, uh, we are working on uh, 33 years of marriage this, uh, this October. Yeah. I'm a one-woman man. Did that come out right? She's a one-man woman. Okay. Anyway, before I get in trouble, would you like to say anything? Okay. I really appreciate what you were saying, Don. Can y'all hear me? Because it doesn't yeah. sound like, okay. About confession. Um, the Lord was teaching me that about three weeks ago out of Psalms. It says, I delight to do thy will, O God. And I was kind of struggling with some things that God was showing me and speaking to me and saying, this is what I want you to do. And I was like, well, I don't want to. <laughs> and <clears throat> I know we're not supposed to talk like that in church, but... In, in all honesty, I think there are times in our lives, just like Jonah, when God came to Jonah, you know, he said, go to Nineveh, and Jonah's going the total opposite direction. So if it's in scripture, then I think it's okay to talk about it in church, right? So I think <clears throat> um, God led me to that verse, and I've seen it all my life. I delight to do thy will, O God. And most of the time, I'm like, Yes! I delight, I delight, I delight. It's my favorite thing, God, is knowing you and walking with you and loving you and being in your perfect will. But, you know, there was some struggle there in some areas. So I have been confessing that, Don, for the last several weeks. I delight to do your will, oh God. I delight. And I tell you what's been happening inside of my soul is that thing's been turning around. Amen. You know? And that's what God wants. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He doesn't say, work it out and everything's going to be great every single day. <laughs> you know, it is, it is a process. So I just encourage you to <clears throat> ask God, what is it that you want me to confess out of your word? Because God's word is real and it's life and it's truth and it changes us. Even when we're in our place of struggle, in our place of difficulty, if we will just listen to his voice and confess his word, then God changes us with his power. Amen. Thank you, honey. Okay. I'm going to lay this somewhere where it won't roll off. I might need that in a few moments. And, uh, um, appreciate those words. Um, the older I get, the more I realize that my wife is a treasure and a gem and someone that I really need to listen to because she speaks life. And um, can you say amen to that? Yeah. There have been plenty of times when I've not listened to her 
and I've gotten into trouble. And um, I'm trying to make those moments uh, few and far between. I'm not here to do a marriage seminar this morning. (laughs) But I am here to say that uh, when things change in me and God does something in me, um, I said, have you been praying about that? She'll go, yeah. And uh, so, ladies, let me encourage you, pray for your husband. If he is uh, doing uh, things and he's just not pulling his weight or he's this or that or whatever um, don't be a nag just pray for him and and God will in his time make uh, make those necessary changes I could go on and on but I'll, I'll I have a short amount of time to share some things with you uh, Don Pastor Don Becky thank you for letting me come here today and uh, actually he he trusts me because I have so many stories about him that could possibly disqualify himself from his position here. Um, but, but in the sake of uh, keeping your pastor on a pedestal, I won't go into those um, just yet. However, tonight about 9 o'clock, if you want to meet me at Starbucks, <laughs> it's a tell-all, okay? There'll be a little sign there on the... No, I'm just kidding. No. He, he's been a, a true friend, and he is all, he's one of the people on our board of directors, Kids Ablaze, and has done that for many years. And uh, I appreciate his friendship and guidance and, and inspiration to keep on keeping on, even when things aren't happening the way I want them to happen. You see, I want things to happen. You know, when God shows me something, I want it to happen now. I don't want it to happen in a year or ten years why did you show it to me if you're not ready to act on it now? And Don's been a good, he's been a good balance for me to say, you know, it's not all going to happen at the right, you know, at, at this time, but in God's time. So he's a good friend. Looking forward to being with you all this week. I'm going to introduce the team in just a few moments. Let me take just a couple minutes and tell you a little bit about what, what I do and uh, a little bit about what Kids Ablaze is. Uh, we do not set children on fire. Uh, just so dispel any myths or rumors, but we set children's hearts on fire for God. We believe that God can use kids to do amazing, awesome, mighty things in the kingdom of God. They don't have to be uh, 15 or 18 or 28 or 88, but God can use children to speak words of wisdom, words of knowledge, to speak in new tongues, to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, to be a help in church, to be part of the body because Ephesians 4:11 says he gave the fivefold ministry gifts the five the leadership of the church to equip and train God's people for works of service children are people too okay it doesn't say just just the adults or just the teenagers so I, I'm like uh, and our team is like a voice to say kids of course they're going to be kids of course they're going to do stuff but you adults do the same thing you know you, you do stuff that you shouldn't do okay you walk out of here and get an argument with so-and-so, and you have to repent. You have to. Well, kids, you know, they walk out, and they're throwing things at each other. Well, it's, just, it's life. It's called being human, okay? All right? But, so, but that doesn't disqualify them from being used by God. So what we try to do is tap into that spiritual realm and help them to see and help them to have those aha moments. Oh, wow, God really does use me. So that's pretty much what we do. And one of the things that, we're, that we are doing or have been working on for a couple of years, a project that we've been doing, is we have produced a TV show uh, called Tween You and Me. And it's been airing 
on a number of stations around the country, uh, mainly on Christian TV. There's a few secular slash Christian TV stations that air it. Uh, it's on YouTube. I just found out, actually, that we're now airing at a station. It's a Christian slash kind of secular TV station in San Francisco. We're, we're on there in San Francisco. And then in Chicago, a station picked us up in Chicago there. And it's called Tween You and Me. A tween is someone between the ages of 8 and 12. And they... Uh, there's about 20 million of them in, 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 the, in the United States. They have a spending power of over $150 billion a year. That is more money than, than, the, uh, than, mo- than over 100 countries have for their, for their, for their budget and t- for what they spend. So these tweens spend a lot of money. They have the, the, the largest amount of buying power, spending power than any other age group in the country. And yet, and so, but who recognizes that? Okay, Hollywood recognizes that. Why do you think when they put out a movie, they put out a PG-13 movie? Okay, they hold it just enough to not make it R because they know that 8 to 12 year olds are going to go see it. Okay, so all the new movies that are coming out, they won't have an R rating. Why? Because they know they can get money because they could, come on, can we see this movie today? Can we see this movie? You know, and so the, Hollywood knows that. They recognize the spending power. You look at all the fashions, all the trends, all the th- things, they're like a subculture unto themselves. And so, we want to kind of tap into that market. We'd love to tap into some of that money too. But, uh, but, we want, but we want to, when I say tap into that market, we want to tap into the hearts and lives of, of those boys and girls. And one of the ways that we're doing that is through our TV show called Tween You and Me. And we've produced 26 episodes, 23 episodes, and we're, we're raising money for season two. Uh, one of the things that we just uh, did, we... We're uh, and pray with us about this because we're taking about ten uh, of the old shows from season one, and we've done some reformatting and we're putting a new intro to it, and we've added some sketches and some different things that are just kind of real funny as to go along with the theme. But we are hoping and believing uh, that in the next couple months that we're going to approach uh, an online giant called Netflix, and we are believing uh, that. The Lord will open the door for us to get the TV show on Netflix. Because I took a survey of 300 kids one time. And I said, hey, boys and girls, just a random impromptu survey. And I was uh, doing a service of about 300 kids. I said, how many of you watch regular TV? About three or four hands went up. I said, All right. how many of you watch um, YouTube? A bunch of hands went up. How many of you watch Netflix? About every kid in the place. So you go where the people are, okay? You have to go. And kids, you know, honestly... They don't really watch Christian TV. In fact, I don't really watch Christian TV. I watch Tween You and Me, you know, but I really don't watch Christian TV because it's just, it's not where the kids are. The kids don't get up on Saturday mornings, hey, let's watch Christian TV. It's just not there. It's not in, it's not in their DNA to do that because of this, okay? They can watch everything on the iPhone or Android or whatever you have. You know, we all know that the iPhone is superior. But, but the, um, it's just... I'm so I'm 55 and it's just easier for me. Okay, I know some of you have others, and if you if the, it's, just please don't try to change me at this point. There's some things that I want to just remain constant in my life, and the iPhone is one of them. Okay, I, I fought it for years. I had a BlackBerry for years. I had a BlackBerry. I mean, BlackBerry is the way to go. But and then when I changed, why did I wait so long? But anyway, so but but they have access online information. Just boom, just like that. So uh, please pray for us in that endeavor because our 
our, our goal in getting the product of the TV show out there is so we can target kids that live in a certain area and places, online platforms like Netflix or Hulu, Amazon, other, they give, provide statistics where they will tell you, well, so many kids, if you've watched about six or seven minutes of a show, they consider that you've watched the whole 30-minute show. And they will give us stats to show where the kids are watching. So we get a large following of kids from Atlanta. Then we go there and do a one-day event. And then we can really minister and, and preach even in a more direct way the message of Jesus and what he has for kids. So please keep that in your prayer. By the way, speaking of um, moving to the outreach, which will be tomorrow... Tuesday and Wednesday, we also found out uh, a few days ago that we're going to be going to the YMCA each morning at nine o'clock. We will be uh, doing like a kids church devotion kind of thing for about a hundred kids Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning at the YMCA. And so we have unlimited, uh, I I shared, Jeremy said, yeah, we can share the gospel, talk about the Lord. So uh, we're looking forward to that. That's uh, that'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at, what is it? The main Y here in town. Yeah, the big one, okay, real big Y, okay, on Jake Alexander. So that's at nine o'clock each morning. If you want to, uh, if you want to come out and uh, see us uh, in action, we'll be glad to. Um, uh, I think we'll have a great time and see some kids' hearts turn to the Lord. Um, okay, so I want to uh, bring my team up now. If you all will come up, and they're going to help me um, with, with a, a lesson here. I say lesson because I speak to kids so much. Okay. Um, and, and, and while they're coming, as they're, if you stand up to walk to the back, if I blurt out and say, sit down, please, I'm sorry. I mean, kids do that. They have to go to the bathroom. So I, I apologize in advance if I see people walking around. Would you sit down, please? Because I, I It's just my nature to tell kids to sit down. And so I apologize if I offend anybody while you're going, you're going to the bathroom. Would you sit down, Jeremy, please? Why are you drinking that in here? You know, no. Okay, so uh, I want them to introduce themselves real quickly. This is uh, just a portion of our team. There's about 20 of us, 25 of us, um, and but we're on tour. We toured three weeks in June, and we're on. This is the start of our next three-week tour, and so we'll have more team join us. We'll be going to leaving for Cherokee on Friday. We'll be ministering to about 150 Cherokee kids, and then doing a kids crusade at, in the evenings. Uh, at uh, Colossasia Assembly of God. Then we go, uh, then we're doing a camp after that, actually in Kannapolis at Cedar Grove Retreat. Have about 60 kids going to be there at that camp for the first week in August. We actually have openings, okay? So if you're interested in, you're a kid and you're interested in going to camp and you could talk your parents into giving you a portion of that $150 billion that you get out of them anyway a year, uh, come talk to me. We do have openings for camp. It's the first through the fifth, the, the, the first through the fifth. Uh, and, and just in Kannapolis, right down the road, we'll be glad to uh, get you connected to that. So tell us your name, Emily, and how old you are and what church you're with, city and all that. Okay. I'm Emily. I'm 16, and I go to Gar Church in Charlotte. I'm Jaden. I am 14, and I go to Gar Church. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm 15, and I go to Carpenter's Shop, which is in Ahoski, North Carolina. <laughs> I'm Alicia, I'm 16, and I go to Raleigh um, First Assembly of God. I'm Joshua, I'm 23, and I go to Raleigh First Assembly of God. 
Okay, thank you. All right, let's give them a hand. Thank you. All right, now. So we have um, um, kids, uh, students, teenagers. When you're 55, they're all kids. But, um, and there's about like 20, 25 of us. They're from about 10 different churches all across the state that travel with us. And this year, our musical, we're not doing the musical this week, but we've uh, put together a musical called The Land of Odd, which is a takeoff of The Wizard of Oz. And we're doing that in the churches and the camps and stuff that we're doing this summer. But right now, they're going to help me in a skit. And I need children. Are there any kids out there? Would you come right down front here? I need all the kids in the room. All the kids, okay? Come on down front. Okay, I need you, you, the three of you. Oh, I actually do need you. I do need you, Pastor Don. You three go down there. Okay. All right, come right over here with, with Joshua and Alicia. And Elizabeth, turn and face me. Come over here. Right over here. Okay, because you're, you're going you're gonna to do something. Okay, you... Okay, you're, you're going to stay. Uh, I have a part just for you. Yes, okay, all right. Y'all, pull them together, Alicia and Elizabeth. Pull, right, yeah, pull them together, because you're, you're going you're gonna to do something, okay? All right, so I'm going to um, tell um, um, one of the Bible lessons on Elijah and, and the poor widow, Okay. But I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need your help in telling this, okay? Now, you're going to play Elijah. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good, okay? Elijah didn't have much hair, okay? <laughs> uh, he had a beard. He probably had a beard, but we can't take what's there and put down there. <laughs> okay. And I, 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 Emily is going to play uh, the widow. Okay, you're the widow. And, yeah, so, and Jaden is going to be the son. I know she's a daughter, but... Just, she's a son today, okay? Huh? Play along. Oh, just play along, okay? And you guys, here's your role. I'm going to read this, read this out to you. I'm, I'm reading from the RSV, the Randy Silly version, okay? Out of 1 Kings 17. And whenever you hear these words, this is how you have to respond. When I say Elijah, I want all of you to go, ha! All right, Elijah. No, that was terrible. It's a little more, little more life to it. Elijah. Okay, a little better. Okay, is that what you're going to do, Don? Okay. All right. And uh, when I say when I say the word growl, you're going to go mm, like you're hungry. All right, growl. What will make you growl more right now? Pizza, mashed potatoes, steak, baked potato, huh? Cheetos, Fritos, okay, Takis, okay, all right, what <laughs> all right, so go, all right, and whenever you hear the word widow, you're going to go, aw, widow, aw, can you get, get more into it, aw, not you, you can't say it, <laughs> okay, you. you're really messing up my flow here, <laughs> All right, whenever you hear the word pizza, you're going to go, yum, yum. Pizza. Yum, yum. Okay, we got to work on that, okay? And then whenever you hear the word son, you're going to go, I'm a man. Okay. Son. I'm a man. Okay, we got to put a little more into this, okay? So let me go through them again. This time I'm not going to tell you what it is. You got to remember, okay? Here we go. Elijah. Ha. Elijah. Ha. Okay. Growl. Widow. 
pizza. <laughs> Son. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Let's try that again. Son. Okay. All right. Thank you, Joshua. Okay. 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 All right. So here we go. Now you just have to do No, you don't say anything until I tell you to say something, okay? All right. But actually, you're going to be saying stuff, so you've got to hold that mic there, okay? All right. So, uh, but, all right. So here we go. You just do whatever is read to you to do, okay? All right. I won't embarrass you that much, okay? All right. Is this live streaming? <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, this is good. All right. Elijah was walking along one day. As he was walking, he became very thirsty. And his. <laughs> you can add all that in, I, I, like I know you would. He became very thirsty, and his stomach began to growl, meaning he was hungry. He spotted a poor widow. Gathering sticks. Elijah walked up to the widow and said, Hey, woman, I'm thirsty. Go get me something to drink. The widow told him that she only had enough flour for she and her son. Son, I'm a man. Come on. This is acting, okay? Okay? Okay, I work hard on this TV show. Myself and, and Emily's mom, Shelly, like, this is acting. Okay? That was not acting. Let's try it. Okay? All right? Here we go. Excuse me. Where was I? Okay. All right. Uh, the, the widow said, I'm gathering these sticks. I'm gathering these sticks. And then we will go home. And then we will go home. To make our final meal. To make our final meal. And then we will die. And then we will die. Elijah. Why don't you all join in too? They're needing a little help here, okay? All right. Elijah. Y'all, y'all make pretty good kids. I'll tell you what. Hey, Miss Teresa, would you quit talking, please? Like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. I just had to do that. Okay, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So you reap what you sow, baby. Okay, all right. All right. Where were we? Okay, I'm getting off track here. Okay, so um, Elijah also asked her to bring back a slice of pizza. Now... In, in the in the real version, it's actually flour and making some bread. But I just thought I would make it a little more adventurous, okay? And hopefully lightning won't strike. This is just not, okay? It's just, you know, this is the way I, never mind. We'll just keep going, okay? All right. So we're, the widow responded, all I have is a little flour and some olive oil. All I have is a little flour and some olive oil. Elijah said, listen to my stomach. Listen to my stomach. Why do you have different accents? <laughs> that was like an Elvis impersonation right there. Oh, big old jelly donut. <laughs> um, listen to my stomach. It's growling. Uh, so you, you say so. So take the flour. 
So take the flour and make me a slice of pizza. And make me a slice of pizza. Yeah. Yum, yum. The widow said, okay, fine. Okay, fine. If you want to be selfish, go ahead. If you want to be selfish, go ahead. You can watch us die. You can watch us die. Elijah said, hold on, woman. Hold on, woman. If you'll listen to me. If you'll listen to me. And make that pizza. Make that pizza. And give it to me, you will not die. And give it to me, you will not die. You will live and have plenty of food. You will live and have plenty of jelly donuts. (laughs) The widow said, Okay, I will do as you ask. Okay, I will do as you ask. So the widow made one pizza. Okay. She had enough to make another. She kept making pizzas. And they had all kinds of pizza every day. Yum, yum. Now, now here we're going to do some animal. Okay, okay we're going to do animal. They, they had chicken, pizza, duck, pizza, cow, pizza, and even pig pizza. Wait a minute. We, I'm sorry, scratch that. They were Jewish. They didn't have pig. Okay. Right. They never ran out of pizza. Yeah. One day, the widow's son got sick and died. The poor widow drugged her son. Not drugged. I mean drug. Like, sorry. That's what really happens. She drugged her and she died. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Drag her. Just grab her by the hair. Or grab him by the hair. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. She blamed Elijah for his death. Oh, I don't think we need to do this part. It says that she smacked him in the face. Don't, don't. Just, just diss him. No. No, the pastor. No, don't, don't, don't. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, you're going to smack her. No, she's dead. You can't. You won't. Do, never mind. Okay. Elijah approached the boy and said, rise. Rise. She didn't. He didn't. He said it again. I said, rise. And he just laid there. And the third time he said, Rise. And he woke up. All right. All right. The widow, the boy, and Elijah were so happy that they began to do the happy dance. Just follow Pastor Don. He's doing pretty good at it, okay? All right. All right, thank you. Let's give all of our actors and a big hand. <laughs> thank you. I'm done with you. Good. You're acting. I, done with you too. <laughs> what do I do with this? Okay. okay. Your acting career, Pastor Don, maybe we could do tech talk with Grandpa. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, have you ever had something happen to you or God showed you something and you were just for sure 
number one, that it was God. And number two, that he was going to come through with it. And number three, it didn't happen the way you thought it would happen. Has it ever happened to you all or does it just happen to me all the time? Okay. I'm, I'm, like, a, I'm like a child. You know, I, I want my parents when I was little to get me certain things or to have this for me or have this. And they're like, no, you can't have that. No matter how much I bothered them and pestered them, no, they felt it was best for me to wait until I was, you know, ready for that. So we tend to, in our walk with God, we are like that a lot. We're like, God, you showed us to do this. You told it was going to happen. You know, I, I, you know, I remember asking my parents when I was eight or nine years old, can I drive a car? And they're like, yeah, you can when you get 16. But I want to drive it now. Now, how many of you know it would be a fiasco for me riding around driving at eight years old? Okay. Uh, because when I lived in Ona, West Virginia, the, um, um, yes, I'm a hillbilly. I'm proud of it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was in third grade baseball team. I had to thumb a ride to the baseball field. Uh, who's ever thumbed a ride when you were a kid? You do it today, and you get you, you'll never show up again at your house. Okay, you know you'll end up in you know um, Idaho somewhere. But whatever. So um, so I used to thumb a ride. I just got on the side of the road. For you kids who don't know what that is, don't know what that is. You just hold out your thumb. Okay. And, and people pick you up and care. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't go home and say, "Hey, what did you learn today?" Pastor Andy's taught me how to thumb a ride. You know, I'm gonna go here on the road. No, don't do that. That's not good today. You know, but I often thought, well, if I had my own car or just a small motorcycle, you know, just. But you know, I wasn't ready for that because mom and dad and the law said you're not ready for that. And sometimes I question if 16 year olds are ready for that. Okay, but that's another story. Okay, so. Um, there are many times that we want to do something. We know God's shown us to do something. We know that he's told us, told us, and then there's a period of silence where just nothing happens. Or everything just gets all turned around, messed, messed up, and like, what are you doing, God? You know? Has that ever happened to you all? Okay. Well, this is what was happening here to the, the widow. Usually at this point, when I say that with kids, now we're not doing the story anymore. So when I say the widow and the son, please don't go, oh, you know. Okay, but you all were smart. You caught on that the lesson is over, okay? So this is what was happening with the widow. She, there was a great famine going on, and it had been going on for some time, and she had just a little bit of flour, just a little teeny bit, and it was just enough to make she and her son one more meal, and then they were going to die. So along comes a prophet of God saying, hey, why don't you give me some bread? And she's like, are you, are you, who are you to think that you would take food from me, a widow, and my son, and who do you think you are? You know, and, the, and the Elijah says, you know, well, hey, if you will just do what I say to do, you'll have enough. And you're like, yeah, right, you know. But it's her act of faith as she steps into it and does it, and they begin to provide and provide. And as the scripture says in 1 Kings 17, it says, uh, This is what the Lord God of Israel said. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil 
will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. And then in verse 15 of First um, Kings 17, it says, She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You see, God is up to something even when you can't see it. Okay? He is up to something. And we want something to happen right away. We want it to happen right now. God showed us this. But there's a process that we have to go through. And it's different for each person, you know. And we have to realize that God has this huge time thing. And in his time, it's going to happen. But we get so frustrated. We get angry. We get this and that and everything. We're like, God, you've missed it. You've missed it. Lord, you told me this was going to happen. You told me. You know, I can just see the widow with that, you know, uh, jar of flour and, and olive oil. And like, this is all we have. Lord, help us. Please don't let us starve. Please, God. Oh, God. Don't, please don't forget me and my son. Please, God. And then along comes a man that wants to have the last little bit. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be thinking, why am I giving my last little bit to a man that looks really healthy? Why am I going to do that? So I can understand why she would say, uh, okay, fine, we'll make it, and then you can watch us die. You can eat it, and then we'll just, you can just watch us wither away and die. That was her response. So we have to learn what it means to trust and obey and listen and realize God's timing is so totally perfect. When um, um, Diane and I were, um, we'd been married about um, five years. Sarah was born in 88, five, six years. We had Sarah, and who is now 28. And she's married, and we have a, a, our first grandbaby, little Addie, who is the cutest little baby in the world. I'm not just saying that. I know you have cute grandkids, but mine is so much cuter. Than, I mean, I know nothing against Jeremy, Jess, and Justin. You know, just mine's, you know, so, and they live in Missouri. And, um, and they're doing an awesome work out there. They teach, both teach uh, Spanish at a local high school. They're Hispanic youth pastors. They speak Spanish better than they do English, I think. And so we had Sarah... And then, for whatever reason, uh, well, Diane got pregnant again, and she had a miscarriage. Couldn't. And after that, she could not have any more children. And so we just, you know, um, we did everything we could. Nothing was happening, so we began to explore adoption. And so we really didn't have a whole lot of money. We were children's pastors, which at the time was the lowest paid profession in all of ministry. And thank God that's changing, okay? But uh, at the time, uh, on the scale of a senior pastor to associate music, children's pastor was the lowest, and we definitely had the lowest salary, trust me, okay? So we didn't have a whole lot of money. So we had to go uh, with an open adoption where we didn't go through an agency. But before that, before all that happened, you know, we were looking at that, and uh, through a series of circumstances, we 
we uh, discovered a young lady who was pregnant and she was going to give her baby up for adoption. So through a series of connections and getting the attorney involved and drawing up the papers and meeting with her and all this stuff, you know, we were ready to adopt. Got the nursery ready. We just knew this was the Lord's plan. This is the Lord's will. Sarah at that time there would have been five, I think. And so what happened was when, when the baby was born, we named her Gabrielle. And we went to the hospital, and uh, we were living in Raleigh at the time, and we drove to Sanford where the baby uh, was born. We held her. We named her Gabrielle. We were so excited. We just had to get a car seat, and we drove. uh, went to lunch and bought a car seat and came back to take Gabrielle home to her new home, and the mother had changed her mind. And just like that, we lost the whole adoption. After paying the attorney the money, actually having to continue to pay the attorney money because we were making monthly payments. We had to pay him for an adoption that didn't go through. And so we're just distraught. I'm right in the middle of a kid's camp with 100 kids. All this is going on, all the emotion, all the, you know, we drive, I drive up to camp and Sarah's there. She said, where's Gabrielle? Where's Gabrielle? And said, we didn't get her, you know. And um, so we're just, you're just, just, I, I don't know. I I don't know how to explain it. We had the nursery ready. We had it was like it was like a death. It was like the death of an infant for us, because we were just walking around in such a catatonic. Like, wait a minute, God, you told us, you told us, and even in the hospital when she had changed her mind, I sat in there and I was just you know it was 1993 and I was like, I know God, I know man, in Jesus' name, this baby is ours, and and she's just emotional and she's just. You know, and it's going to, you know, this is going to, this is our baby. And never heard from her again. Never heard from her. So we were just like, wow. What do you do? When you've got, when you've taken that jar of flour and that oil and that's, that's all you have. And you say, okay, here, take it. And then it just all falls apart. What do you do? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough place to be. And anything. What, what about the, the dreams God has for you and the things He's shown you to do? And you just know that God is going to come through and nothing is happening. There is always something happening. You need to understand there's always something happening. God is up to something that in His time He will bring about the way He wants it. You see, I have the perspective of time uh, in this particular story. I don't have the perspective of time right now for some things the Lord has shown me and they're not happening the way I want them to, the way I feel like God's saying they're going to happen. But I know that in His time it's going to come about. I just have to go back to those markers, those milestones, those, those rocks where the Lord I took care of you then and I will take care of you here. You just have to believe. And you have to have faith and keep doing what you're doing and don't give up and keep striving ahead, you know. And so here we are with no, no, no kid, fully decorated nursery. So we get another call, and uh, there's a young lady named Mindy, who at the time was 19, and we met with her. She was at a place in Raleigh called the Christian Life Home, and I was very gun shy. This was like two months later, just totally. I mean, like we weren't even over losing Gabrielle, and we certainly didn't want to put ourselves in a position. To where, what happens now if this kid doesn't happen? What are we going to do? And so, 
we kind of, you know, when you've been burned, you've been hurt, you normally don't just leap like, oh yeah, another opportunity, praise God, we're going to go. It's more like, are you sure, Lord? Are you, are you really sure? You know what I'm talking about? Ever happened to you? Where you, you? That first opportunity, that first thing you're praying about something, you're in your war room and God is speaking and, and then pff, it just all goes up in smoke. And somehow you don't possess the ability or what to like, yes, God's going to, it's more like, oh, Lord, I don't know. I just, and that's the way we were feeling. However, we just kind of stepped on through the doors. And um, on September 30th, 1993, Rebecca Brienne was born. And here we are. We're at the hospital holding her. And the most beautiful little brown-skinned baby you'd ever meet. We're holding her, and we're like, okay. See, we had, we had the option of putting her in foster care, which would have been the smart option, okay? Or the safest, emotionally. Put her in foster care for 30 days, because at the time, I don't know what the rules are now, but at the time, the mother and the father was out of the picture at that point. But the mother had 30 days to change her mind. And so they said, put her in foster care. Then after 30 days, you know, free and clear, she's yours. But we just felt like, and I lean more on Diane, and she, I just felt like we need to take back a home. And I'm like, oh, now we got the, at any point she can make the call in 30 days and say, I changed my mind. And so we did. And 20 days went by, 29 days went by, and day 31 Rebecca's ours. And today, she's a beautiful 22-year-old young lady living in Atlanta, pursuing a degree in event planning, hotel management. And um, if we could put that picture up. Oh, you can kind of see it there. It's a little dark. I just, but that's uh, Becca and Diane. And just keep that up there for a moment. Um, I was very um, stunned at Rebecca's um, Mother's Day card to Diane. And I want to I read this to you, or a portion of it to you, because it expresses her heart towards us, and specifically towards Diane, because it, it was Mother's Day. And she writes a little story. And she says, a long, long time ago, there was this woman whose baby box got broken. That's how we explained it to the girls. You know, mommy's baby box got broken. Like, oh, okay. Now, now fortunately, uh, she and her husband had a little girl, but this mommy wanted another baby, so they decided to adopt. It was the perfect idea, and things were going well. However, in a sad turn of events, the adoption fell through, and that mommy did not get that baby. Brokenhearted and confused, angry and even hopeless, they pressed on. They kept their trust, dried their tears, and searched for another baby. The mommy was timid, scared, and worried that if she did find another baby, it would be taken from her again. But, but with strength from God and the support of her husband, she took the chance. There was a baby that needed a home, needed love and affection, that needed a mother. It was almost as if that baby had chosen her, just as she had chosen that baby. By the grace of God, that mommy was able to take this baby home, 
It was love at first sight, as if they each had been looking for one another this whole time. Because this mommy opened up her heart, leaned on God, and showered this baby with love, that baby grew up knowing that she had the best mom in the history of the world. And now you ask yourself, who is this incredible, thoughtful, loving, dedicated, strong, godly, wonderful, amazing, joyful, obedient, loyal, let me keep going, caring, selfish woman, Diane Thompson. She's my mother, always has been, always will be. And no one will take her place because she has left an imprint on my heart that's so big. It would take a million lifetimes to compare to. I love you. You're mine and I'm yours. Rebecca Breanne Thompson. We thought we were getting Gabrielle, but God gave us Rebecca. You thought you were getting this dream, this thing, this what God had given to you, but he had something else better. You thought you were getting Gabrielle, but God had a Rebecca for you. And God has a Rebecca for you. Defined in your dreams, defined in in what God is showing you to do, you think it's this, but it's over here. And what is God doing between here and here? He's getting you ready for this. Okay? So, be joyful with what God is doing. Put your faith in God. Put your trust in Him. Put your hope in Him. Because from here to here, there's this part here that makes us or breaks us. And I just want to encourage you because I feel in my heart and in my spirit there are people here this morning that God has shown them this, but you're but you haven't seen this yet. And you're in that in-between place. That's who we want to pray with this morning. And I, we could not imagine life without our Becca. We just came off of a week's vacation with the whole family. Uh, Sarah and Zach and Addie and their dog Odie. Golden Yes, Addie and Odie. And uh, we try not to get them confused. And then, and then Becca was there. And uh, we had so much fun. I couldn't imagine not having Becca. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that God knew that we didn't need Gabrielle, that we needed Becca. And God knows exactly where you are. He knows where you live. He knows your address. He knows your heart. And I'm here to just speak this word of encouragement to you. Just hold on. Just hold on. He will give you the desires of your heart. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.